I want to welcome everybody here this morning. Uh, in case some of you didn't make it, y'all missed a good time yesterday. We had what we call back to school days. Uh, the kids all come up and we had ice cream and hot dogs and all that kind of stuff. It was, it, I mean, it, we just had a good time. The kids enjoyed it. Had a bounce house with a water slide and all that. We couldn't hardly keep Walter off the water slide. But, you know, we managed to do that. And, uh, but everybody had a good time. And for those that didn't come, you missed a lot of good ice cream and hot dogs and all that kind of stuff and everything. And uh, it, was just, it, it was just a great time. It's, it's always good to see the kids have a good time and enjoy their sales and be able to just run wild like they're supposed to do. And they did. And uh, so, but anyway, I want to thank everybody that participated in it, that, that, that brought stuff, the ice cream and, and the hot dogs and chili and chips and things, but we just really had a, had a, had a great time. And uh, the people, uh, Tommy can verify this, so, and uh, <clears throat> of course, Dale, Beverly, you know, they had pretty good weather out at around Briar yesterday evening. There was a lot of damage done and everything, so y'all keep that little community in prayer. Uh, there was a lot of uh, down high lines, damage to homes, roofs, buildings, and everything, so we don't know if it was a small tornado that came through, a straight line wind or what, but it did a quite a bit of damage out around the Briar area. So y'all keep that area. I didn't hear of any, you know, fatalities or anything like that. I praise God for that and everything because we have people that live out there and I'm just, I'm glad they're safe. And uh, we've got a couple of guests I want to recognize. I want to recognize Amanda and Amber back with the show. Y'all be sure, before they leave, give them a big hug, shake hands with them, welcome them, and everything. It's so good to see them and everything. I hope uh, that they'll enjoy everything and maybe come back and see us again. Uh, but uh, today, what I wanted to kind of do, as I was studying the other day, I, I got to reading over in Matthew, and I... We don't think about it very much, but what kind of a faith do you have? I, I entitled my message today, A Positive Faith. And, the, and the, what I was reading over there, this man had such a positive, absolute faith that he even amazed Jesus. Jesus said, I have not seen faith like this in all of Israel. And the thing about it, he would probably be one of the most unlikely people that you think would have that kind of faith. But it was, he was a Roman centurion. And we're going to look at it here in just a second. But this Roman centurion was so full of faith. It gives, matter of fact, what it is, it's, it should be an example to us as to what pleases God. And faith... As a matter of fact, his word says, without faith we cannot please God. 
So when God sees our faith, a positive faith, a true faith, uh, not a pretentious faith where you're just, well, I've got this faith, but you really don't. Many of us claim to have faith and sometimes, you know, sometimes I honestly believe that God puts us through some things to show us whether we have faith or not. Sometimes some of the things that you go through, you have to have faith to come through it. God wants you to see, is my faith real? Do I truly believe in what God tells me? Well, I'm going to start out right here. It's in uh, Matthew. I'm going to start out in Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 9. And it tells us kind of what's going on here. Everything. But it says in, in, in verse 5, And when Jesus entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion, beseeching him. Beseeching. You know, that's a word we don't hear much anymore. But beseeching just simply means he, came, he was pleading with Jesus. He could even get down to that point. He was begging Jesus. He was appealing to Jesus. I need your help. He wanted Jesus to know that Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you are who you say you are. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe that you will do everything that you say you'll do. How many of you believe that? That Jesus will do what he says he'll do. And the centurion said unto the Lord, My servant lies at home sick of the palsy. Palsy is being paralyzed. This, his servant had become paralyzed. We don't know for how long the servant had been paralyzed or if it's something that just hit him or if he had always been paralyzed. But he says he is grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto the centurion, I will come and heal him. Now I want you to listen to what this centurion says. This is showing his absolute faith in Jesus Christ. How many of us would say this? Oh yes, Lord, please, come on. But listen to what this centurion says. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy for you that you should come under my roof or that you should come to my house. I'm not worthy of your presence in my house. But, now get this, but speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. This centurion believed that if Jesus Christ would just speak the word of healing that his servant would be healed. You know, that there is something, like I said, that's still in effect today. He is still healing today Simply by speaking the word. When we pray and we ask for a healing, all Jesus Christ has to do is say, be healed. And that person is healed. Many times when you come down here for prayer, and I pray with you, I anoint you with oil. Now I anoint you with oil because that is one of the things that the Bible says we should do. Is to anoint. The oil simply represents the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I don't know of anybody else I'd rather have here 
than the Holy Spirit. I want that Holy Spirit walking up and down these aisles. I want that Holy Spirit hearing your prayers. I want the Holy Spirit answering your prayers. But you have to believe to start out with. I'm going to show you something over here in a minute when you don't believe. The consequences. You know there's consequences to not believing what Jesus says? As much as He loves you, there's still consequences in doubting Him and not believing Him. But that servant simply said, I mean, excuse me, that centurion simply said, Speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. This was positive, absolute, unquestionable faith. And now, now listen where the, why the, the uh, centurion is saying this. He is saying, talking to Jesus, he says, Now I am a man under authority. He is also under authority. But he says, I also have authority. He says, I have soldiers under me. And I say to this man, Go. He goes. I say to another, Come. And he comes. And to my servant, do this. And they do it. Jesus was amazed at this centurion soldier's faith. Did y'all know that that centurion just simply told Jesus, if you'll just speak the word, I know that my servant will be healed. Do you believe Jesus can speak the word and bring a healing to you? That's all he has to do. Jesus right now is sitting in heaven at the right hand of the Father. And you know what he's doing there? He's interceding for you. When you pray, Jesus takes those prayers that you pray and he presents them to the Father. Father, look, your servant has asked this. Your servant has faith. Your servant believes Will you answer this prayer? And I'll tell you what God will say, most definitely. Faith is what puts God into action on our behalf. If you don't have faith, again, I'll get over there in a minute. But if you don't have faith, you don't get your prayers answered. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. I have not seen faith like this in all of Israel. Now, Jesus was amazing. As much as I've been around, as much as I've talked with people, as much as I've seen them and heard them, this is the first time I have seen this kind of faith. Jesus rarely met anyone who had this much faith in him and his power. Most doubted Jesus. Most of the people doubted Jesus if he could really do what he said he would do. Many would say to Jesus, well, If you will, or if you can, they were showing doubt. I'm not sure you can do it, but if you can, this servant, I mean, excuse me, this centurion was talking about his servant. said, you don't have to come to my house. I know the authority that you have, and all you have to do, Lord, is speak the word and my servant shall be healed. This is a faith that pleases God. This is the kind of faith God's looking for in all of us. Rarely did Jesus find anyone who believed that he, that he had the power to do 
what he said he'd do. Many people doubted. I know you say you're the son of God, but are you? Many people doubted Jesus. He came to this land, to this earth, to save and to heal. He came to take away the power of the enemy over you. He came to destroy the works of Satan. He came to destroy the works of Satan. I think it was, what is it, John 3, 17, that Jesus did not come into the world to condemn the world, but he came to save us. We're the world. He came to save us, not condemn us. He don't want to condemn us. He wants to save you. He wants you to have eternal life. One day he wants you to be in heaven with him and the Father for all eternity. No, he did not come to... Many people say, well, the only reason he came was to condemn us. No, he came to save us. Well, what about condemnation? Who brings condemnation? For one thing, we bring it on ourselves through disbelief. He says, if you believe in the Son, you're not condemned. But if you do not believe Him, you're condemned already. By our unbelief, we are condemning ourselves. You know, I read a deal one time. It said where, uh, that, that God did not reject people that they are not in heaven. They're not in heaven because they rejected God. God didn't reject us. We have been rejecting Him. He is a loving, merciful tender-hearted God that loves us. But He is a strict God too. We have to go and we have to follow His Word. We have to be obedient. You know, just like this centurion servant, he was obedient unto his faith. He didn't mind telling Jesus, Lord Jesus, look, I am not worthy enough for you to come under my roof. But Lord, if you'll just speak that word, I know without a doubt my servant shall be healed. How many of us pray like that? How many of us pray like that? God, if you'll just speak the word, there is no doubt in my mind that what I have asked will be done. When you pray, do you pray doubting that God's going to do it? Most of us do. I've heard people, well, I know I've heard people talk about God answering their prayers. But he won't answer me. I was talking to a man one day at a hospital. And he said, could I get you to come down to my wife's room and pray over her? God won't answer me. And I kind of looked at him for a minute. You know, I, I kind of hesitated on whether I was going to say something to him. But I did, you know. Oh, Bill, he'll tell you anything. Amen. <laughs> and, but I asked him, I asked him because I had to know. I said, do you have faith in God? Do you believe in God? Do you believe that when you pray that God hears you? And he said, I don't think I've ever had God answer one of my prayers. I said, have you ever accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? 
And he said, well, no, but I believe there's a God. I said, do you believe in Jesus Christ? He said, well, yes, I believe that, 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 that Jesus Christ is God's son. I said, then what's your problem that you won't ask him into your life and believe in him and ask him to come into your life? He said, well, I don't know. I just never have. I said, why don't we do that right now? Would you be willing to ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart, to be your Lord and to be your Savior, and for you to believe in Him as the Son of God that came to this earth, died on a cross for your sins, then was buried and rose the third day? Do you believe He did this? He says, well, I really don't have no reason not to believe it. I said, would you confess that? He says, would you pray with me? And I said, yes, I will. We prayed, and he accepted Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior that day. I said, okay, we're going to go to your wife's room. I said, now, do you truly believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? He said, yes, I do. I said, we're going to go to your, to, to your room, and you're going to pray. He kind of looked at but God don't hear. I said, he will. He'll hear you. You've accepted him. Now he hears you. I said, meantime, when you were rejecting Jesus Christ, you was rejecting God. You became an enemy to God. Do you realize that when we don't accept Christ, we become an enemy to God? We are separated from God? That's why Jesus come, is to reconcile, to reconcile us back to God. We were separated because of what? Our sin. We were separated. But through Jesus Christ, there's a reconnection. The unbeliever is now connected to God because of his faith now and believing. But to go on, I gave that man my phone number. I said, I want you to call me. So that doctor comes in and tells you that your wife is healed. Will you do that? I gave him a card. He said, but, I said, I don't want to hear a but. I said, you believe and don't doubt. And then I want you to call me when that doctor says your wife is healed. He said, okay. Several days went by, and all of a sudden my cell phone rang. It was that man. And I couldn't hardly understand him because he was crying so hard. He said, my wife is healed. I said, praise God, you know who did it? God heard your prayer. God will always hear your prayer when you put God in your life and you put him as number one. We have to make God number one in our life. He has to be first. We can't put everything else before God. God has to be number one in your life. And then God will do what he has to do or what he will do on your behalf. You know,
this Roman centurion probably understood very little about the Jewish religion. He didn't understand all the rules and the laws and everything about the Jewish religion. But he did understand a great deal about authority. He knew about authority. And he knew that Jesus Christ had all authority. God had given him all authority when he came to this earth. Matter of fact, over, I think it was in Luke, that Jesus told the disciples something before he got ready to go back to heaven. He said, I'm getting ready to leave here, but I want you to know, I have all power and authority on earth, under the earth. I have all power and authority, and I am giving that to you. You know what Jesus was telling, telling these people? All the power and the authority I have as being God, He was God. He was the Son of God. He was God. He said, all the power I have, I am giving to you. Who was He giving it to? He was giving it to His disciples. He was giving it to the church to be, to take His place. We are to do what Jesus Christ did when He walked on this earth. He expects us to do this. He expects us to heal or, or speak the word healing. We don't heal. He still heals. But we bring that request to him. He knows what we're going through. He knows what you need before you even ask. He says, I even know the number of hairs on your head. I know the day of your birth. I know the day of your death. There's not anything that I don't know about you. Jesus Christ knows more about us than we know about ourselves. He knows what you're thinking. He knows what you're going to think. But He came to love us, to save us, to keep us out of hell, to give us eternal life. That's why He came. He came to show us and introduce us to God. You know, I guess... I, I would venture to say there's probably a number of us that are not sure about Jesus Christ as, as this centurion was. We can pick up the Bible. We can read God's promises in it. But then we question those promises. We question, are these promises real? Will he fulfill them? We start questioning God's word. That's like showing, God, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't have much faith in your word. We shouldn't have to question God's word. We shouldn't have to question God's promises. We should just, Lord, you said it, so be it. God, you said it, amen. You know that's what amen means? So be it. When we say amen after a prayer, you know what you're saying? You said, Lord, I've asked you this prayer, so be it. You're believing that God is going to answer and fulfill your prayer. You know, when, when we say we have faith, do we have real faith? Do we have, like I said, do we have a positive faith?
that God is going to do what He says He's going to do? Or do we sit there and doubt what God's Word says? In reality, I guess what I'd be saying is those who question God's promises are really without faith in God. If we're going to sit there and question His promises and what He promised us, that's showing we've got very little faith. And this is not pleasing to God. You know, uh, we're kind of like that uh, double-minded man that James talks about. You know, the one who says that that man is unstable in all of his ways. He's a doubter. He doubts what God says. And that is not pleasing to God. You know, the double-minded man was a doubter, and James said, if you doubt, then don't think that God will answer your prayer. That you will not receive anything. But why? Because you're unstable in all your ways. You're unstable in your faith. You're unstable in your beliefs. I'm going to read what it says here in James chapter 1, verse 6 through 8. This just confirms what I have just said. It says, Let a man ask in faith. Nothing wavering. Wavering means no doubts. For he that wavers or doubts is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. It's kind of like that hurricane we just had. Did y'all notice all those waves, how they were just tossed about here, there, there? They were not stable. That's the way the man with no faith is. He's not stable. God sees him as just being tossed, turned, that he is really believing nothing. He's doubting everything. And verse 7, For let not that man think he shall receive anything from the Lord. Wow. And we wonder sometimes why our prayers aren't answered. Are you stable in your ways are you stable in your faith and in your belief of God? That's what God's looking at. He's looking at your faith. It says a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, or he has a weak faith, very little faith. It's a faith that he's not even sure of. Are you sure when you pray, pray to God... Are you sure that your faith is strong enough that God sees that faith, He knows you have faith, and that you know He's going to answer your prayer? You know, I've had people ask me, when you go to the hospital and, and pray, do you really think God's going to do something? I said, yes, I do. I believe that God is going to heal. If I didn't believe it, I wouldn't go. What would be the point of me going if I didn't believe? When you pray, believe. Know that God hears your prayers. Know that He loves you. Know He wants to answer your prayer. No prayer is too big. No prayer is too small. God loves you. 
and he wants to answer your prayers. I've seen, I know, I've seen a number of people in here that I know for a fact that God has touched. He has answered healing prayers. He's answered prayers for their children. He's answered prayers for what they really, really needed. Well, are you sure he did that? I know he did it. I've been with a lot of these people that's been through things. And I can feel their faith. Do you, do you know you can feel somebody's faith? You can feel when they're sincere. You can feel when they're not sincere. Just by the words they speak. See, God listens very closely to what you say, how you say it, and what manner you say it. God knows if, if your faith is real. God knows if you're just saying a prayer to try to please somebody. I've said a lot of prayers where I know I didn't please nobody. I probably made them mad. But I was being honest. We have to be honest with God. God knows when you're lying. And God does not like lies. Be honest with God. Lord, I know I've sinned. I know I've made mistakes. Lord, I want you to touch me. Lord, I want to serve you. But Lord, I need your help. I ask you to fill me with the power of the Holy Spirit. I ask that you lead, you guide me. Lord, that I will do your will. Be sincere about it. If you're not, then don't pray. Put it like that. If you're not sincere, don't pray. Because God's not going to hear you. But when you're sincere, and when you're full of faith, God says, so be it, you shall have what you have asked for. That's the way God works. He's full of love. He's full of mercy. He's full of grace. He loves you. But he don't like lies. Be honest with God. When you come to God, you be honest with him. Because he already knows everything about you anyway. He knows if you're telling him the truth. And he knows if you're lying to him. I want to go on here in Matthew. I'm going to read verses 8. I mean, excuse me, 10 through 13. This is where the centurion is still going. And when Jesus heard it, that's what the centurion said, he marveled. He was amazed at what the centurion believed and said to them that followed. There were those that were following. Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great a faith, no, not in all of Israel. I hadn't seen this kind of faith from the people that I came to first. He came to the Israelites first to save them, to introduce them to God. He came as their Messiah. And they wouldn't believe it. When the Israelites wouldn't believe in God, wouldn't believe in Jesus as God's Son, the Gentiles, us, the Jews called everybody a Gentile that was not Jewish. You're a Gentile because you're not Jewish. If you're Jewish, then you're a Jew. But if you're not Jewish, they see you as a Gentile. I want to show you something. Here in verse 11, And I say unto you, 
to the Israelites, he's talking to them, that many shall come from the east and the west. Who's he talking about? Us, the Gentile. He's talking to us and the And shall sit down with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and in the kingdom of heaven. He says, the Gentiles are going to get there before you do because of their faith, because of their belief. But the children of the kingdom of Israel shall be cast out into outer darkness. Now these are the people he chose. These are his people. He loves them with all of his heart. But if they don't believe, they're condemned. And there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. You know what he's talking about? Those Israelites, his people, the people he loves, shall be cast into hell for not believing. But he's saying the Gentile that believes eternal life. We were grafted in. You know what grafted in means? That's like when you take a, a branch or something and add it to a, another tree branch or something and it grows. We were grafted in with the, with the nation of Israel. With the Israelites. What did God say? For now, there is no difference between the Jew and the Gentile. I love you all equally. There's no difference. If you have faith and you believe in me, you're my child. You're my child. Israel would be his children. They still are if they believe. And you know, more and more Israelites are beginning to come and believe in Jesus Christ. But they're going to have to. You know, we have talked about this and we've talked about it, but I think we're probably right now as close or closer to the rapture than we've ever been for the things that's happening in this world. Nothing else has to take place except for Jesus to come back. That's all. Nothing has to be done. Nothing has to be completed. It's already been done. It's already been completed. All Father has to do to His Son is look over there, Son, go get my people. Go get His church. We'll be out of here. And the way this world's going, I'm ready to catch that bus now. Can you imagine what heaven is going to be like compared to where you're living right now? No sorrow, no tears, no weeping, no sickness, no death. Just peace, joy, happiness in the presence of God. Not like this now. Are you ready for the rapture? You better ask yourself that question. If Jesus came back right now, would I go with him or would I be left behind? And you're the only one that can answer that question. Here in verse 13 he said, And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go your way, and what you have believed, so be it done unto you. That's what God is saying to you. What you have believed, what you have needed, and you believe it, so it be done. 
so it be done. God wants to answer your prayers. God wants to meet your needs. And through faith, God will meet your needs. But you have to believe, just like the centurion did. And it said, what you have believed, so, so be it done unto you. What you've asked, so shall it be done. And his servant was healed that same hour. The moment that that centurion believed and asked Jesus, and he believed, Jesus healed his servant because of faith. So we ask ourselves, what kind of faith do I have? Do I have a positive, absolute faith in Jesus Christ and what he is saying? Jesus blesses those who have absolute faith in his power and in his authority. This is the kind of faith that pleases Jesus and causes him to act on our behalf to meet our needs and to meet our prayers. Notice, Jesus said to that Roman soldier, centurion, go on home. Go back to your house. What you have believed has happened. That's what he said. What you have believed, it's done. It has happened. And, this, and the young servant was healed that same hour cause of faith. Like I said a while ago, the, the Bible tells us without faith we cannot please God. Look at Hebrews 11.6. But without faith it is impossible to please Him. It is impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must believe that He is God. You have to believe that He is God. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That reward is answered prayer. That's your reward, is your answered prayer. That prayer that you needed so much. For that loved one that you needed a healing. For that loved one maybe that's gone out and gone astray. That you want back home. You want back in your presence. You're praying for them. Call God, bring them back to him. It's, it, it's, it's just like that prodigal son. God will take you back in a second because of his love. It said when that prodigal son was coming home, God was out front. And he'd been looking and looking for him. He's looking for each one of you today that have strayed from him. And he sees him. That, that, that prodigal son has rehearsed all week, all along on his trip, what he's going to say to God. Oh, God, I've made such terrible mistakes. Oh, Lord, I have so sinned against you. I have done this. I have done that. God saw him coming down the road. God went down. He met him. He threw his arms around him. He started kissing all over him. That's, that, 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 that prodigal was trying to talk. And God says, it's forgiven. It's forgiven. God stood there watching for this young man to come home. There's many out here today that God is standing there waiting, watching for them to come home. He wants to run. He wants to meet you. He wants to wrap his arms around you. He wants to tell you how much he loves you. He wants to welcome you home back into the kingdom of the heavenly father. He wants that so much because of his love for us. 
I'm going to ask the band to come up. Do you have faith in God? Or are you like the doubter who's tossed and turned as a waves of the sea? You're, not, you're unstable. And when you pray, God does not receive your prayers. But when you believe, all I'm going to tell you is get ready, get ready, get ready because prayer is going to be answered. Your prayer is going to be answered. God's going to show you, I love you. And God answers our prayers. He shows that love. If there's something in your life and you're truly needing God to do, don't hesitate to pray. Pray in faith. And one of the best things you can do when you pray and pray in faith and believe God's going to do it, start thanking Him right then and there for His answered prayer. And you don't see it yet. You don't see it. But your faith says, He's going to answer it. He's answering it now, and that prayer is on its way. And then start looking for that prayer. Start looking for the answer. Start thanking God for what he, that, that He is already sending the answer. He's already meeting your prayer. When you pray before you see it, what are you doing? You're showing God your absolute positive faith. You're showing Him, I love you. I believe you. I trust you. I know you're going to answer this. It's what God wants to hear. So if you need a prayer answered, remember this sermon. Positive, absolute faith in God. Believe that He will do what He says He will do. And then start thanking Him for answering your prayer. And then get ready. Because it's fixing to happen. It's fixing to happen. So if you're here today, if you, if, you, if you need something for God, we've got an altar up here for you to come to. I'm, I'm going to be down front. I'll be glad to pray with you, anoint you with oil. If there's something going on that you just want a prayer for, a sickness or a, a, an ailment of some sort, I'll be glad to pray over you, and we're going to pray in faith. We're going to pray that God is going to answer, which we know he will. I know he will. Do you realize sometimes you can get somebody healed and taken care of on your faith? On what you believe? On how strong your faith is? Because then God lets that other person see what the power of faith can do. You're going to sit there, well, that person played for me. And I felt their faith. And I felt their... God feels it too. And he is, he'll do what you need done just to show you what I will do when you pray in faith. So if you need something, if you just need to come back to God, if you're like that prodigal son, you've got away from him, God wants to wrap his arms around you right now, welcome home. Welcome home. I've been waiting on you. So if you're here today, please bring what you got and need. Bring it to God in faith and let him take care of it.